Hey guys, welcome to episode 210 of the podcast with my wonderful guest, Henry Phillips. Uh, this is just a short intro uh, on my phone, so I apologize for not having some shout outs ready to go. But uh, I want to uh, invite you into the episode. Remind you that I'm going to be at the San Francisco Comic Con the weekend of uh, Labor Day weekend. And uh, I will have more updates for you very soon. Thanks, guys. Now entering Nerdist.com. Suddenly there's this sort of nails on a chalkboard yeah, sound yeah. that comes out of nowhere. That's right. It's um, kind of an instinct anyway. To listen not, to your uh, smooth musician's radio voice. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> Welcome in. Yeah. You know I put this voice on? on when I, oh, I'm, oh, I'm cool. recording and this is, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, speak like this. That's not going to be a distraction, is it? No, no, not at all. It feels like it's late night, but it's actually a summer morning. It is, it is. <laughs> it is a summer morning. How do you but feel let's about put late night voices summer? on? Uh, I love it. Yeah, you do. I um, yeah. I originally came from New York City and New Jersey, and then we moved out here when I was a kid. And uh, I'll never get over how awesome the weather is. It's great. Oh, so you even have even as a kid, you still have the sort of PTSD of hot, 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 and like freezing cold black yeah. ice winters and stuff. Yeah, and I like going back for like a week here and there, and kind of breathing in that kind of you know back east like air but it's to live i I like it out here i mean this is great how could you not (laughs) well i'm weird and i complain and wish that there was more fog but uh, i certainly wouldn't trade it for like you could go to the beach or um i know up north a little bit i'm terrible at going to the beach i know yeah a lot of a lot of us that live here are because yeah, it's such a destination for everybody else in the country, but it's right here. Yeah, I don't go nearly enough either. Yeah, in San Francisco, I did because it was just so walk. I mean, you just you sort of walk everywhere, and it's and, oh, and it's I I like yeah. a cold, foggy beach. And it's in great. my head, I think I'm going to get trapped in like a some sort of volleyball game when I'm in Santa Monica. <laughs> That's not a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it is for some people. I'm not going to like stumble into one and be yeah. forced into competing in a bikini. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> where I got that, but that might happen every now and then. Um, what is your kind of like? Oh, I have this sort of a Saturday afternoon to just go do something that's for me. Oh. What's what's your version of that? That is the grossest, most cliche interview question. No, it's interesting because I honestly think, and this sounds like a really douchey answer, but I think it might be working. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I might because I work at weird times. Do you hear that, everyone? <laughs> lazies, I'm all you lazies. No, no, it's it's because I do waste time a lot. I'm on this weird thing where I'm. I'm basically a road comic. That's how I pay the bills. So um, I don't really work at the traditional times, but every once in a while I'll look at a Saturday if I'm in town and just go, oh, wow, I can actually get a whole bunch of stuff done today. That's fair. uh, And uh, the only reason it it clicked for me is because I think a lot of my friends will – uh, call me. I have a lot of friends from high school that are that are not in the entertainment business at all, or whatever. And, and you like, you said you guys moved to Los Angeles proper, or you moved? To- uh, we li- we moved to La Crescenta, which is mm-hmm. uh, about ten miles north of here, whenever mm-hmm. near Glendale. And um, 
So, yeah, friends will call me and be like, hey, do you want to go to lunch? Or and I'm kind of like, no, I, I kind of want to get this, you know, get something done, whatever it is, you know. And I think everybody's used to being on that regular, like, nine to five weekday schedule. And Saturday is like, you know. Um, but, yeah, Saturdays I usually look at as an opportunity. Um, I'm like, okay, well, everybody's occupied right now. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can finish this video or this song yeah, or whatever. No, that a hundred percent makes sense. Yeah, and I agree. It just that sounds so I don't have say. the, like, I mean, if there's, I could not be more of a curmudgeon about someone being like, let's just go. You guys want to grab some dinner on Saturday? I'm like that. No, that's when everyone is out doing that. Yeah, thing. exactly. Tuesday. I'm not a big weekend guy either. Yeah. Well, for, especially for weekends for you frequently mean, where am I waking up this time kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you feel like that's something you combat, you have to sort of combat against, um, is like travel humor. Do you know what I mean? Um, Just because, and I don't, I have tons of stands up, stand up. Oh, you mean like in my act where you kind of, where it's like, if you're writing what you're experiencing in the moment, if it starts to feel like, God, I really want to (laughs) complain about this motel, but I just feel like that's such a, that's a, that's a good question. I think I do it, uh, subconsciously. Like I, if I'm thinking of a bit to do on stage, I'll be like, well, do other people talk about this? Because if so, I probably shouldn't. Now, I fail at that a uh-huh. lot because I'm already thinking of like three bits of my act. But over the years, I've been like, oh, wow, everybody's doing that. But sometimes it's sort of, you know, I'll, I'll say things like, you know, because of the fact that I travel for a living, I meet people that blah, blah, blah. But it goes right into a story that's not really about traveling. But, yeah. Um, that's a good way of handling yeah. it. Did you have, did you enjoy, uh, like fun vacation traveling as a youth? Is that something that you and your family did? Yeah, of, yeah, that was really fun. Well, we were from New York, and um, both of my parents had relatives in Florida. So we would do these uh, trips to Florida, and we would either drive, or what would happen is my mom and my brother would fly, but my dad and I would take the train because my dad had a severe phobia about flying. Oh. Okay. I, yeah. In my mind, I was already jumping way ahead of a phobia, and that you were just going to be like, because my dad and I were cool. <laughs> we wanted to yeah. see America. We were the Simon <laughs> well, and Garfunkel of our family. In a weird way, it did work out that way, and yeah. it was pretty cool. We had a lot of amazing things that would happen on these, like I don't know what it was, like two day, uh, you know, trips to Florida on the train. I uh, saw Robert Reed one time. Uh, we were in like the. And this is really weird. This is probably about 80 or something like that. Like, we're in the bar car. Like, the kids could go in there. It was mm-hmm. no problem. Could and people, people yeah, oh, absolutely. That's people so were smoking. Funny. If I remember correctly, Robert Reed, who, uh, for our younger friends out there, was Mr. Brady from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, guys. Talk about a 10 year old kid being starstruck. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, is there anyone beyond yeah. the Brady Bunch that could be more exciting? Possibly oh, yeah. a partridge? I'm not sure. It depends on what you grew up with. Oh, but. I know. And he had a cocktail in his hand and a smoke, and I think he was. Was talking uh, to now. By the way, that's my memory of it. If there's friends out there that are friends with Robert Reed saying he never smoked, <laughs> I think he was smoking. But anyway, <laughs> um, I do have a fact checker. Don't worry, none of this will get through. He my probably factory. did though, because back in those days, even why if you didn't, you you might be like, "Hey, I'm on the train." Yeah. I wonder why he was on that. He might have had that same phobia. But uh, I remember him chatting with my dad, and that was so cool. But. Uh, yeah, he had a big curly uh, '70s sure fro and a big mustache and everything, and it was just really did he have cool. A mustache ever on the show? I'm trying to remember. Uh, no, in Seems the like later years when they would it. do like the Brady reunions, yeah. you know, uh, a very Brady Christmas or whatever, like he he started sporting that mustache. But uh, another funny thing that happened—I just thought of a whole slew of funny things. This was my favorite. I had 
really long hair. Like how? As long? a kid, as, well, as a ten year old. Yeah, you have a picture. Um, like a girl would have in like 1980 like or whatever. shoulder length. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it was because I, I got into um, rock and, yeah, and mean, all like, that stuff really early, yeah. you know? And I just thought uh, that was a if cool those are your look. role models, there's very few who didn't have long hair. Yeah. And, and what I noticed is that um, it wasn't very well accepted yet. By the, by the end of the 80s with Full House and everybody, even like Alex... Keaton, who's supposed to be the big conservative, to get has a, a long mullet. There, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like everybody had it, you know? Like if Carl Rove uh, probably had a long hair, you know? <laughs> it was, was just sort of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, so I, there was a lot of resistance. And sometimes you'd have people heckle, you know, like yell I'm at you, sure. get your hair cut. Yeah. Yell uh, slurs and There's stuff. There's nothing like on the street heckles. Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. I'm, a, I'm just a kid yeah. with long hair. <laughs> Yeah, um, but in the best case scenario, uh, people would just think I'm a girl and move on. And so they'd be like, yes, ma'am, you know. And I remember being on the train and having that a lot. You know, I was like, there's a little uh, area where you get, uh, you know, concessions and stuff. And what can I do for you, ma'am, young lady? You know, there was a lot of that. And Uh then, uh, but my favorite one was my dad uh, was sitting there with this drunk guy and uh, my dad didn't drink by the way he was just a social guy so he would love to hang out in that bar area mine as well too I mean, yeah on the train yeah i mean what are you gonna do yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh so he's chatting away with a guy who was slurring really drunk i'm picturing in my brain i'm picturing uh who's the guy who did all the roasts who was the drunk guy or whatever I don't know, but uh, um, oh, I can't. the names are yeah, skip, yeah, but everybody's yeah. picturing the guy but yeah he's sort of like that and uh and then I, I was there for a little bit and I got up and left because, you know, whatever, I was just bored. And my dad told me that after uh, I left, the guy that he was talking to said, I hope I didn't say anything to offend your daughter. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we left at that. But a lot of fun stuff happened on the train. Do you have, do you have a feeling now of, like, I mean, this goes to the sort of... Um, retrospective and the and the and the kind of nostalgia thing where things are annoying for a while mm-hmm. like things are that are familiar become annoying for a period of time and then suddenly become meaningful and yeah. sweet and wonderful did you have that relationship like with the idea of sort of taking the train was there ever a point where you're like oh the train <laughs> and now are you, you know, like you know what i love the train uh, well the thing is as a kid it always meant vacation and it meant no school and stuff so there really wasn't much of a grind there and all the all the busy work and the paperwork was being taken care of with my folks so i kind of looked at it as an adventure every yeah. time so was it, it how was old cool. is your brother and did he ever want to take the he train he was 2 years older than i am he did sometimes but for the most part we would meet them at the airport um when we got to florida and uh <laughs> my my dad eventually got over his fear of flying. Oh, he did. And, that was my uh, next question. Yeah, and I actually had it pretty bad in my twenties. I I don't know. It, I mean, like it I, hit you, like you didn't have it, and then yeah, it hit you. Yeah, I, I didn't have it. I, I took one flight in my early twenties. As a kid, I was fine, and then I think that I went like maybe five or six years without flying, and I took one in my early twenties. And it was into Salt Lake City, and uh, there was just a lot of turbulence and. I was suddenly feeling so out of control. I I didn't realize it, but I started building up a phobia and I was like putting it off. Like, uh, maybe I won't fly. Maybe I'll drive. Yeah, but then I, yeah. before I knew it, I was like, I'm just not flying. Yeah. And um, 
But I think my my career uh, took a hit too because I started doing comedy in my early twenties, and it wasn't until I was about thirty that I started flying for a living. I think I would have been doing that a lot earlier. Yeah, because I there people would call me and say, "Hey, um, there's a college gig that we're booked for. We think you'd be great for it. It might be your in with the colleges or whatever." And I would come up with some kind of an excuse. No, I'd rather uh, stay around L.A. and do whatever. And yeah. uh, I had a full-on phobia. The only way to get it, to get rid of it, if anybody's wondering out there, is you have to just do it. You have to do I it I mean, it's one of those things. And now I do it so often. I don't I, even It's hard for me to even remember what I was afraid of. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. I think, well, that, you, the whole out-of-control thing, I think, is, to me, that's paramount, right? Because it, because... When I and it happened to me in my twenties, mm-hmm. and I same thing. It was like suddenly I wasn't flying as much, yeah. and it it meant something different all of a sudden. <laughs> and um, and so people would be like, you know, oh yeah, the whole you know, planes are very safe. It's actually not. And I was, I have no, oh, I, I don't have a feeling that we're going to go down. There's oh, no yeah. specific thing I can push past. It must be some sort of claustrophobia because that's really what it became. It was like my fear of panicking on the plane mm-hmm. my fear of being trapped in a space which i never thought of myself as claustrophobic and i'm not really mm-hmm. so it was so specific to like this exact environment yeah without it being like i just keep imagining us bursting into flames not <laughs> at all you know no, yeah not at it's all. just that yeah that feeling of being packed like a sardine and then just i don't know it's weird weird feeling yeah one more quick story that i just remembered about, about not, tra- not about the train about but about my long hair uh uh-huh. we, we were in florida <laughs> i think we were in key west and my brother and i were fighting and i, I didn't even have a shirt on and i, I think I, we were punching each other oh, in the, like no. the middle of the street the most yeah masculine like <laughs> can i help you yeah, anymore yeah. to show i'm a guy yeah and i was getting you know like with my brother, since he was older and bigger, my only way to fight was that I had to be more crazy or more <laughs> angry, you know, or more bad words or whatever. And so I was making kind of a public display. And uh-huh. then this, again, a drunk guy. Let's let's picture that same guy. Um, but he um, he was uh, some some guy was walking by and he looks at my brother and he puts his hand on my brother's shoulder and he goes, "She's a tough one. Watch out for her." <laughs> But I'm like, wow, what kind of little girl did he think that I was? No kidding. That's, uh. You really put uh, some of Jodie Foster's most tomboy yeah, roles to yeah, shame. Yeah, yeah, I mean. I could have had a whole career. Uh, um, how mm. long did you have long hair? Did you get, did, uh, did you get rid until, of it in, in pieces or? Yeah, no, I, in 87, when I was a senior, I finally let it go. And I think it was just because I wanted attention. I was just like. <laughs> It's such an extreme thing when you cut your hair that everybody goes, whoa, <laughs> for like a day. And then you're just a regular person. But um, yeah, and I just I wanted to see what the whole um, world would be like without with just being like some kind of clean cut person or whatever. Uh-huh. And then I grew it back again in the early 90s when I started doing comedy and stuff. And so I had it. And then uh, eventually it decided to just stop growing. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to be done with that whole phase what was the rest of your style like in high school what did you what 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 clothing went along with the long hair very similar to what i'm wearing right now like i'm just always been a jeans and a shirt that's not gonna draw any attention it's weird yeah because i just said that i was trying to get attention i guess that i wanted attention but not uh i I was terrified of being flashy i remember Mm -hmm. one time and uh 
I went to a Def Leppard concert, and then the next morning, I I had bought a shirt, but it was like a sleeveless Union uh-huh. Jack shirt. Uh-huh. I was like, oh boy, we're doing this, and I put that shirt on, and boy, walking around the the school, the, the high school, that whole day was just mortifying. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, I'm drawing way too. <laughs> yeah, people people were walking by, just attention. going like, ooh, rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it wasn't even like, like you were being ridiculed. Yeah, it, was it wasn't like, that negative, but it was just sort of like, what? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Were you shy in general? Or yeah. Were you, yeah. Oh, absolutely. How did you do with the ladies? Oh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely terrible. There was... Uh, there would be girls that I had crushes on and I'd build up a phobia similar to my uh, fear of flying. Yeah. It wasn't until, um, yeah, I was, you know, out of college basically that I started having relationships. I was just a really extremely shy person. How about your brother? Was he similar or was he, were you guys the opposite? No, he got, yeah, he eventually, uh, you know, turned into a guy who had healthy relationships and has been married now for 20 some years or whatever. Um, but, Did your parents uh, stay together when they moved out here? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're still together now. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I I always say that's great. Like, it's <laughs> terrible to be divorced when that's no. Also I mean, fine, it, but... it is kind of nice when it happens like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say seventy five percent of my friends' parents are divorced, and they're they're great people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, there's nothing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I would have said if, if you said was... my parents didn't stay together. I would have been like, "That's great. That's great." I support, yeah, I mean, I support them in all their decisions. If I were, if I had been married at this point, which I never did, I probably would have gotten divorced too and not felt bad about it or judged. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Better than just two people fighting all the time. You know? I heartily concur. I heartily concur. Yeah. Um, okay, so I know you like Left De- Left Deppard. Yes. I know you like <laughs> the their sister band, Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you were shy. What, what what else were you into? I mean, were you were you a well, huge yeah, music I was head really in the into, sense that that's yeah. sort of what you spent your time doing? Were you a big bookworm too, or and were you a good student? Yeah, so and and just to qualify the Def Leppard thing because they eventually became very commercial, but I was really a big fan of their breakout album High and Dry and it was and I still think to this day that's a fantastic album. Um I don't want people thinking that I was just one of these uh people that heard their song on the radio and Right. Uh, but anyway, that's pretty silly for me to care about that. But I don't uh, <laughs> think so. But I do think I do think that that's that's a way to distinguish true it's fans. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, no. On some level, for other fans, I don't like, want to be to like, me, yeah, man, I was a big metalhead. I uh, like <laughs> like Europe and right. uh, Crocus, Cherry Pie, uh, one yeah. of the all time <laughs> yeah, best yeah, exactly. metal songs. Who, by the way, the bass player went to my high school. Oh yeah, and Locker Center. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know I was pulling that Jerry little Dixon, kid yeah. out right there. They used to call us Rock Recenta. Oh, Rock Crescenta? Or he can't le- have been or the only Lead one. Crescenta. Okay. Um, there were a lot of, uh, yeah, there was a lot of uh, metal heads from where I was. But anyway, I'm sorry. I dodged a question. So Def Leppard, and um, yeah, I liked it all. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, you know, all of those. Were you playing music of, at that time? Yeah. You, put, you did. I, I was in a band. When did you start learning uh, guitar and stuff? Uh, well, I was eight when I started guitar lessons, and then I put it down for a while. But when the electric guitar kind of became available to me, then I really took to it. And um, it was a lot of fun. If And... Uh, did you choose... I was talking to uh, Dave Hill about this. Did you? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you gravitated towards... 
um, guitar specific bands to listen to and it, you know what I mean yeah well it, it was interesting I think the first thing I saw was Elvis I think it was maybe like some kind of cool old footage of him in concert or maybe it was I don't think it was from one of those Anne Margaret movies but it was some footage <laughs> of him where he just looked really cool mm-hmm. and he was playing guitar and I was like what's that all about and I wanted to do it so I started playing the guitar and then um, I Again, I, early I this, adopter, early yeah. adopter to be able to be like, I had I this cool. guitar teacher um, who was uh, really cool, and he uh, he taught me "Stairway to Heaven," and I had I didn't even really know the song at the, at that time. I knew I had some cousins that were a little older that would turn me on to like cool music, and uh, I mean, so I was eight and I was playing "Stairway to Heaven," and I had this babysitter at the time who heard me playing it and of course he's probably what 16 or 17 at the time and he got all the kids on the block he's like dude this eight-year-old kid is playing like stairway to heaven so i felt that rush of like wow everybody's looking at me because i can do something you know so so that was fun um was this in were you in la crescenta by the time you were no this is in new jersey when did you guys move uh well let's see we were in uh new york till about 78 or nine and then we moved to um Englewood, New Jersey, until I was like twelve or thirteen. Oh, okay. So you yeah. really were a te- you were like fresh oh, yeah. teen when you came to La Crescenta. Yeah, with my Union Jack uh, sleeveless shirt, <laughs> <laughs> I was like rock and roll. That feels like a real good. I would say John Hughes. I guess all of his stuff took place in uh, in Chicago area, but yeah, that feels like it's that's a great age to move. You know, well, ours was West, like the fast times at Richmond High. Exactly, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm picturing. Where we were, like the exactly uh, what I'm picturing. What was that supposed to be like? The Valley, or, I think it's the Valley. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember right? there was a joke about do you guys get cable TV there? Or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was about where we were. Everybody had those similar hairstyles, and we had that Glendale Galleria with the, you know. Kind of, they kind of look like all the scenery there. Yeah, yeah. Was all the um, and I and I'm going to hear about your scholastic achievements in a second here, but sure. um, but doesn't that also feel? I mean, I don't know. Like I've talked to some people. Some people are a little older. Some people a little younger. Um, but that particular era of high school to me seems like it potentially has the most like sort of cliche like physical attributes that you can ascribe to different cliques and stuff where it really yeah. is like, Oh no, that's why you associate 80s movies with oh, like yeah. these very specific archetypes. Like these guys really did all dress like this. And oh, these I know. Guys really didn't talk to the people who dress like this. And it's so, it's so true. And then there we were years later, uh, freaks and geeks came out and I was like blown away at how accurate it <clears throat> yeah. was. I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, cause it's really easy to get that wrong, but they really got it right. But yeah. And, um, I was talking to somebody recently about comedy and how that's evolved because back when I was in high school, you'd see somebody on the tonight show and the next day everybody would talk about, did you see that guy he had these funny jokes about blah, blah, blah. And it'd be like, Gary Shanley or Stephen Wright or Joan Rivers or all these people. And now, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I kind of get the feeling that comedy has become a little bit like music where people identify with certain types of com- I comedy. I totally agree. You know, it's like, and younger people too, because it's like that with music, it used to identify. Like if, if you liked, I don't know, 
a song from Tears for Fears, but you were a guy who wore uh-huh. a, a Duff Leopard shirt or whatever. An identity Yeah, you, you couldn't really admit that to anybody yeah. because it would all of a sudden put you in this situation where that's, you know... What does it mean? That would what identify it, it. Yeah, which is so silly. Yeah. But I honestly think it took a while, but comedy eventually became that too. There's people that are just like, I'm not going to mention names, but I'll... Because, you know, I have friends that have, you know nephews or kids even you know or whatever um i mean i have friends that have 20 something year old kids it's crazy yeah but um yeah they'll be like uh no i don't listen to that dude he's lame i listen to this person or whatever and i'm going wow that's really interesting because back then it was basically you just it would go from bill cosby you know to Shanling to like yeah, whatever it's like you Stephen would just Wright and Bill Cosby a, a funny joke was a funny yeah exactly a funny exactly. joke and it was a funny joke and you would repeat it and that's it or Joan Rivers or whatever or George Carlin yeah, or, yeah. absolutely that was a huge one you know but um, yeah it's interesting how it does it does it's feel very, like it's another example of like <clears throat> the more options you have the more picky you can become or the more sort of niche yeah, things that's become right. is like when when the delivery method was like well you're basically going to be seeing it from this same launching point exactly then you don't make the association of how wildly different they are as yeah. you would if there was like this show only this kind of comedian who like yells a lot comes on mm-hmm. but on exactly, this show you'd yeah. see someone quiet exactly you know? yeah yeah and this was all coming from the tonight show you yeah know? but whereas but to your point like whereas that certain type of like medium of entertainment was more kind of a general wash of like i like comedy yeah to your point like but then music was completely not that and there was so much kind of divisiveness about like dude don't admit that you like this yeah cool you know i was watching this iron maiden um documentary behind the iron curtain and it's them going to russia i think it was russia and uh all these people are just like you know we're big Iron Maiden fans or whatever and there's this one scene where they're talking one one guy is talking to the singer and he's just like I really like your music I want to play it with I don't know what accent I'm doing I want to play it with I'm just trying to imitate what I saw a foreigner uh yeah not the band foreigner yeah I want to play it on the keyboard and Bruce Dickinson the singer for Iron Maiden is like no you can't play heavy metal with the keyboard Well, but I, I want to. I like... No, you can't. And it was just like, well, not only is he killing this guy's yeah. dream, <laughs> you know, it's like... But also, it, it it's interesting that, like, uh, Iron Maiden is coming from this place of there's different styles of music, whereas that guy is just like, it's all music. I yeah. just want to play music or totally. whatever. But yeah, that was a big thing. You couldn't have keyboards and metal music. Yeah. Well, it definitely... I mean, it for sure worked in that way for me in the 90s um uh in high school where like i look back now and and i think i thought i was more open-minded because i think i thought i was the person who was straddling which i was to some degree because i would be like i like robin hitchcock i also love you know the Sex Pistols, yeah. not that big of a, you know what I mean? Where I was like, I'm all over the place. Like, yeah, I the- also listen to the Beatles. I know they're all British and they all probably like each other. But, <laughs> um, but, and I definitely was like, I'm not into top 40 or whatever. Now I look back on things like Mandolin Rain very fondly. Yeah, um, but, no, me too. But I, I think of all the things I was open-minded about, I like including like rap and hip hop, mm-hmm. I was stone cold opposed 
to metal. Like that oh, was yeah, the yeah. one category <laughs> I knew I didn't like, yeah. even if I was listening to punk. And now, like if an ACDC, which is not, yeah. I mean, that's only your classic metal slash no, rock it's or great. Zeppelin. Yeah, back Music black. comes on. There will be a song that comes on. And I'm like, God damn, this is great. What is this? Inevitably, someone will be like, oh, this is Iron Maiden. And I'll be yeah, like, yeah. what? <laughs> I guess because it, back in the day, it felt like. Well, metal were seemed also, like it was just like this, you know. You, now, when you hear like a Norwegian metal band, yeah, 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 I guess that's what I thought all metal yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, it's true. Well, yeah, and also, the, yeah, there's a whole thing associated with it, and yeah, sometimes you actually listen to it and you go, "Wow, I really think this is kind of interesting," you know. Yeah, I remember like my mom uh, when I was playing uh, an Aussie, like the first Aussie album, the Crazy Train, you know, when he's got that uh that riff that in the beginning ding 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 and i remember my mom just going wow that sounds really interesting you know which is really i guess the reason i'm bringing that up is that it's like she's not into yeah. metal or anything she just thought it was an interesting sound to hear you know well, it also uh, feels like very funny now that's like ozzy and like alice cooper are great examples too because that so much of what was shocking about them to people was just their makeup or like, oh, he bites heads off of bats or whatever. But if you didn't know any of that and you just put on the music, you'd be like, this is pretty laid back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's I know. It's exactly. just a good rock and roll. It's not yeah. like, you know, there's there's no, all the stories that are associated with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of fear that people can become closed minded that way. I think like with comedy, too, there's and I, I don't like to mention names because people argue or whatever, but um like there's certain comedians that have fans that um that some that that may be part of a different group of people than the people that um they like or whatever you know i guess you could say sort of alternative versus more mainstream versus whatever some yeah. you know and it's silly because the comedians themselves are all kind of they have the same goal in mind, sure. which is to get up in front of a bunch of people and make them laugh. Absolutely. And I, I always thought it was really cool um, when you'd hear a comedian who's really well known in one of those circles say how much they liked a comedian from a completely uh, different, agreed. like an alternative person saying that that one mainstream person is really cool. I mean, yeah. it, to me, that's beautiful. And I've seen it happen agreed. a lot and I love it. And it's usually with the, the more successful they are, the more likely they are the to say that. The more they feel that. comfortable. Well, yeah. and that's the sort of the, the cynical point of view if you want to think of it as cynical is like once you feel the least amount of threatened by mm -hmm. what your identity is or exactly, you feel like yeah. you've gotten to a point where you're comfortable, you know, almost like mentoring or like ushering other people up or being able to say like, yeah, you know, I never played the same clubs as so-and-so, but like, I think he's super funny or I think she's amazing. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but yeah, it is funny. There is this, there is not, not, so distant from the reason that I started this podcast when I started to feel like LA was high school mm -hmm. uh, is that sort of comedy vibe too, which I fall into. I fall into as well. You know, I program Sketchfest, and like there are people that I think we don't even hear about because we didn't know that like that where they were was the comedy store and we didn't know you know what i mean because, oh that's like, right it's yeah. just it's what's right in front of you it's oh, not absolutely. even your fault it's just like well i'm constantly being like every you know sixth degree of separation always leads back to the ucb now yeah. and i think cole and dave and i try really hard to go 
wait a minute, we got to like, there's a lot of stuff out there that we like that we're not even seeing. Yeah. Because yeah. we're just not seeing it right in front of us with our peers or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of comedians that like to be part of a pack, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, it's a good strategy. And I think like there's even an interview with uh, Patrice where he was talking about like, um, you have to be part of a pack in order to make it in comedy or whatever. But I've never been, I wasn't in high school either. And I, I feel like a good example is like if you Google certain comedians and it says people also look for, and oh, it'll have yeah. like four people that are all yeah. in the same kind of crew. Yep. 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 Good point. I don't know if everybody gets the same results, but if you Google me, it'll be like people also look for and, it's all over the map. I bet And I'm it is. glad it is because that's the way I want it to be. I, I want it to be who, confusing I wonder who it is, to people. And I wonder if that's names that you wouldn't mind naming. <laughs> because in my mind, like I met you through Chris and Mike. Mm-hmm. So I always associate with like Hard and Firm. I also yeah. know that. Love and not to guys. say these people are are separate from the others. But like I yeah. also think of you like because I'm friends with, you know, Jimmy and Graham and Paul. Oh, Martin, yeah, sure. And, like, yeah. I sort of. and But the fact that you do music, mm-hmm. that it, that really sort of jettisons you into this different kind of like well what does that mean does that mean garfunkel and oats does it mean jonathan yeah Wilson? it's a does whole it mean, yeah you know that's and then things kind of go off the rails yeah it's a train metaphor well the, yeah the music thing yeah it the music thing is always kind of weird to me because people will put together like we're doing an all music show i mean this happens throughout throughout my entire career of doing stand-up on various levels there'd be somebody doing an all music show but what i don't think they realize and the reason those shows a lot of times are kind of awkward or poorly attended is <laughs> because the only thing that they have in common is that they do music, but the humor style and genre and everything is all over the map. You know, Absolutely. I mean, it's like, as it should be, but you're right that people don't the same way. They immediately recognize that one standup is not the same as another standup yeah. because it's, it's less common. Yeah. I mean, it's, together. it's I mean, I'm trying to think of an actor equivalent. Like, we're going to do a double feature of uh, Kevin Bacon movies, and uh-huh. it's going to be uh, Stir of Echoes, that creepy horror one that he did, and then... Uh, like Diner or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it's, it's something like, you know, what a weird combination of yeah, movie. Or, or if, if he's, or yeah, something. I'm sure he's yeah. probably like in a kid's movie somewhere yeah, or whatever, but yeah. it's like, yeah, there's comedians that do music that are completely squeaky clean, and they kind of uh, gear it toward... Uh, maybe either Christian people or families or whatever. And then there's people that are basically Doug Stanhope with a guitar, you know, or whatever. And so you're not necessarily going to get a show that, you know, I think you're better off, you know, if you're trying to make the audience. And also some people hate music. So (laughs) if you show up to a show and it's like, wait, this is all music tonight. Oh no, I hate it. Well, and I think the other thing I would add to that um, is the very, like if you're a music fan, um, the varying levels of uh, competency with the instruments, mm-hmm. right? That makes a huge difference too. Oh yeah, because, like somebody no, might true. be like, "I'm, a, I'm, I do musical comedy," and they're the funniest person in the world, but they just like plonk out a few yeah. things to like, you know, back them up on whatever f- great funny song or great voice they have, versus yeah. somebody who gets up and is like, "Oh, this." This song could just be a song, except it's funny too. Like yeah. this is a song I would listen to as a musical accomplishment, mm-hmm. yeah. Without even knowing what the lyrics were. You yeah, know? no, that's that's really cool if you can do that. Don't you feel like you do that? I feel like I've done it a couple of times. I guess the litmus test would be like if you didn't speak English and you heard this, would you just think this is a cool song? You know, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I have a song called Alone Again. 
on one of my albums that I that I'm really proud of and uh my song on the shoulders of freaks I think those are like that you know yeah. I think there's a couple of them yeah they're not usually the ones that I do live though interestingly enough Interesting. I think that I think that what I've found is when you're trying to make people laugh there needs to be a little more room to for comedic timing and um and a, a really good musical structure doesn't really lend itself to like those kind of pauses and stuff that you want to make so i don't know i feel like the the ones that are better musically aren't the ones that i do in the clubs you know that but makes I, sense. The, the ones that i usually um spend a lot more time arranging and composing you know and um recording sure uh getting back to you you said you were in a band pretty early yeah, on too yeah. right was that was there a point at which and you said that you know when you were 8 and you were getting all the attention and stuff i i like this because it feels like it kind of goes well also with this idea of like i didn't want that much attention that said when i cut my hair i was hoping that people were going <laughs> did you feel like uh, you know did you did you think like well once i'm in a band the ladies are going to yeah. line up and and you know what that's kind of true i mean um I remember we did this big show at the, uh, it, it wasn't even like the high school talent show. It was like some neighbor, some community talent show thing. And like, I think we, we literally followed our band Abyss literally followed. Not a bad name. Yeah. Not a bad name. A <laughs> lot of cool. names They to wound up making by. a movie called that, you know? Yeah. So we were ahead of the game. We literally followed like a ballerina, like ten, <laughs> ten, a ten-year-old ballerina girl, with the the sure. mom and the audience going, "Oh, you're doing sure, so great, honey!" Sure. And so then we came out. I had my red spandex pants on and a zebra skin uh, shirt and bandanas and all do. that stuff. And we were like, "We're gonna rock!" And we had all our friends from high school out there. I mean, it was just so embarrassing <laughs> to think about. But um, anyway, yeah, there was one girl who was. Uh, who was very hot and she was like kind of, you know, making it pretty clear to me that she, she liked me. And I, I think I was scared. How old were you? I was probably about like 16 or something. Because that's the other thing too, is like, I wonder, it almost feels like the cart before the horse where I don't, this didn't happen to me per se, but I could imagine it happening. It, which is like, you think like you're, you're sort of thinking like, Oh, this is totally going to work. But then there's the separation between like, oh, but now she thinks I'm this kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, did I did I set myself up? Now I have to be yeah. Mr. Rico Suave <laughs> or whatever. Where like, oh God, but I still am this like kind of awkward person. Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to let her down. So it's almost like Oh yeah, you no, set she totally thought to be too yeah. scared, you know? She saw my tight red spandex and was like, This guy is rock and roll yeah. all the way. But and I was just like, a shy, nervous um, kid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, all those John Hughes things are very true. Were you a good student? By the way, I want people oh. to know out there when I every time I say red spandex pants, I'm not totally serious about how universally accepted it is it is that that's an awesome thing. Well, he for sure, guys, is wearing red spandex pants <laughs> right now. Yes, yeah, they're the same ones. God, we're the lucky um, pants. <laughs> um, were you a good student? Uh, no, I was terrible. Oh man, what what was your reason for being terrible? I'll, you, you know what? Looking back, or like, I I honestly think that uh, I suffered from extreme allergies when I was a kid. Oh yeah. So I remember the teacher trying to talk, and I couldn't even focus on it because I was like wiping snot on my sleeve the yeah. whole time, and we're, like I and I just and I remember not sleeping well, and I I remember falling asleep in class a few times. 
everything I got so behind I just sort of never did it and my my parents were trying to be the you know encouraging with school and everything like that and I just sort of I had too much um autonomy or too much willpower to be like no this is not something I want to do and I just didn't do it and I was like well I'm just going to deal with the consequences I got an F in history and an F in a few other things but then um there was an incident that happened where uh I used to play with the band, and uh, <laughs> I have so many embarrassing things about my life. <laughs> That's why you're just right for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was wearing my red spandex pants, and uh, <laughs> people were thinking I was a girl when I was fighting with my brother and Mr. Brady um, and Def Leppard. But uh, no, I, I was in the uh, the jazz band with and all my friends, and they were all going to go on this trip to San Diego to compete with this... Um, you know, competition for like all the bands or whatever. And I couldn't go cause I didn't have a C average mm -hmm. and everybody was really bummed about it. And I talked to, uh, I don't know if it was one of the counselors or something. They're like, well, you know, there's not a report card coming out before the thing. So we're not, you're never going to be able to get the C average. But one thing that you could try is that you could, um, get weekly progress reports. And if the teachers say that you're doing really, really well, then, um, you know, maybe you should try that, you know? So I started just killing it in school. I mean, like, so it really was that one. Oh like, yeah. I, I had this incentive this. and here's, I was like, here's the actual repercussions of oh, me not being able to focus. Okay. Yeah. Spanish and science and history and everything. And I had all these teachers just saying, wow, what happened? This guy's like incredible and all this other stuff. And I remember taking it to the, uh, to the principal and, uh, and I, and I even wrote like this five paragraph essay saying, look, you know, this will represent the school. Well, the rule of having a C average has served a good purpose because now here I am, I've got this incentive and you know, I feel like I've shown that I've done a lot of work. The principal was like, yeah, but you know what? Rules are rules and I can't break it. So I didn't get to go. Oh. A couple of years later, I was hanging out at a party that was all high school friends and we would, we had graduated and I told, uh, a buddy of mine that story who was one of the football players and he was like what we used to play football uh, all the time and i was like that. are you kidding I me yeah resisted <laughs> the urge to say i bet if you're a football player exactly. that would have been a problem they it. used to look the other way with them all the time and that, that drove is, me I, it crazy makes me bananas that that cliche yeah. is true and remains true to this I day i want to go like, back to that guy and go wow so, so you don't wild. care if the band is in san diego for something but if yeah. it's a home game team you know home team game uh -huh. well i just revealed that i have no idea what happens me in that neither. world no, but um that is a hunt i am i'm both smug and bitter that oh, yeah. I, I was that my so upset. inclination to say that was true because yeah that really is a situation where what a marvelous opportunity for you to learn the yeah. lesson of like grades matter. Look, you really made an effort. And rather than like, if I were you, I would have been like, well, fuck this then. Exactly. Well, yeah. And I was uh, disillusioned. I'm glad we can say fuck. I should have asked before, 100%. but now I know. <laughs> no. But, um, what if you're like, can you go back and I'm going to say fuck a bunch of times. Yeah. And I'll tell I, you earlier, earlier insert it. In when I said moments. that was messed up, I wanted to say that was <laughs> fucked up. No. Um, I, so after so I gave up on the whole thing and then I started going to a music school Dick Grove School of Music okay. after high school and that was pretty much my plan and at some point I was like you know what I'm spending so much time working you know like I it, like I was doing a lot of real 
there was a lot of um you know composition and there was like a lot of math and busy work you know there's hours of homework and everything like that i was i started music school uh, yeah and i started feeling like you know maybe i could keep music as something i do on the side because i don't if i'm doing all this work anyway i might as well be doing it at a college and learning something or whatever so because i i was i felt like music was always still sort of just a fun thing that you do and i was like well if i'm doing all the work anyway so i started going to community colleges and um just uh, doing really well with that, and then uh, got accepted to UCLA and uh, finished out my degree there. And uh, I mean, that's, a that's real... where I met uh, Chris Hardwick. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Mike Furman, I'm sure. Yeah, I didn't know Mike you know back Mike? then. Well, everybody knew Chris because he was famous, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> for yeah. his biggest accomplishment to date, singled out. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, and I don't think we really connected until uh, we. D- I did a show on campus like a year after I graduated or something. Or maybe it was when I was still there. I don't know. I can't remember how much of an overlap. I think that my UCLA thing, because if you do the math, it, it was a couple years that went by before I started. So I didn't graduate until I was like 24, which is about six months after I which also started like, comedy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you really have that kind of, I mean, you have that, you're the perfect example of like, sometimes you don't know what you want or how to, what kind of relationship to have with your studies or with school until Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's really encouraging because certainly, you know, so many kids go to an expensive school still without feeling oh, like know. they have a purpose and no i did I it i did I mean, it completely because I, sort of I was craving I was like, it yeah you know yeah. and then when i but when i applied myself because i felt like it was for me mm-hmm. for reals for me yeah then i you know and it was my money coming out of my you know what i mean i yeah. was like i gotta why oh. am i what am i doing this for if not to do this well you know absolutely yeah no and i remember back in those days i i had I, I literally worked 40 hours a week with Bank of America. I was doing the swing shift. So that was 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Oh, wow. And then between oh, from wow. like 10 to 4, I would be doing um, uh, school. I was a full-time student. A yeah, I know. There's no way yeah. I could do that now. I mean, yeah. there are adults. I mean, you know, presidents of the United States and uh-huh. all kinds of people <laughs> that, that like actually more have one. that schedule. But I'm just one like. One of our many current presidents of the yeah, United States. Yeah, I mean, States. I couldn't. I couldn't even fathom having a schedule like that. And I also have a lot of memories during that time of partying, like hanging out with my friends and having a great time. Somehow so where did I fit that happen, in? Yeah. But yeah, no, I think I was probably sleeping like four hours a night. I had a lot of friends that were in bands and every time they did a gig, it was always fun for me to go out there and uh, watch the show. And so I must have done that after 9 p.m. and having to wake up at 4 a.m. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. But um, I guess you make it, yeah, yeah like anything somehow. else when you're, especially when you're that age, you just kind of make it happen mm-hmm. without feeling like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh no, somehow I made it all happen. And uh, But yeah, I got a degree in political science, so I eventually became a good student. But in high school, that was just a, a waste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when you got the degree in political science, was it mostly about just kind of where your interest levels were? Did you think, I'm going to definitely become a comedian? I was very... Yeah, well, the reason I chose political science, I had been an English major, and I was very frustrated about every time there was a political conversation, I had no idea about it. Fair and um, So I was like, well, that's going to be the thing that I'm going to go learn about. And now I wish I could unlearn everything that I learned, because it makes you never want to talk about politics with anybody. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, and then... Uh, 
my earlier songs had a lot of references to the things that you study in college. You know, we were talking about like I was talking about uh, on my first album. I have a song about what do you? It's called "What Do You Want Me to Do About It." I think it even it's like '94, but it's already talking about global warming and um, there, what were some of the other big issues? The Middle East, you know, they're all the same issues that we have now. <laughs> it's not like I fixed it with my song, <laughs> but. um yeah, and then I had a couple other uh, songs. My song on the shoulders of freaks, which is because you always learn. Like it's not until college that you learn all these people that have made like these incredible contributions to civilization had all these messed up habits. You Absolutely. Know? Um, so yeah, there's a little bit more of that, but um, the songs eventually became more playful and more like you know about love gone wrong and you know silly things you know i think more than anything i've always liked satire like music was something that i was capable of doing so so i'd go to open mic nights and i'd see people and i'm like i want to be that but i want to be the guy who's bad at it you know it wasn't necessarily like i really wanted to write you know a song where the, the words were so uh cleverly crafted that you know, it was genius, even though I love listening to that, but I just, I was just more like, I want to be the guy who sucks. It's, Uh you know, he's like trying to fit in. And that's kind of what I'm doing nowadays with my, I have a little web series called Henry's Kitchen and it comes from seeing all these people trying to teach cooking on, (laughs) uh, on YouTube. And so I was like, I want to do that. But I, I think failure is extremely funny and that's the thing that I always try to go for. And very universal, like very. Yeah. I I mean, when you go back to, yeah, like that. That was the to me that was equivalent of to comedy. You know, Gary Shandling and Albert Brooks and Woody Allen and all those guys. Yeah, it was just great. so funny to see social misfits or the movie The Party. You know, mm-hmm. with Peter Sellers. That that was just everything to me. You know, yeah, I was. Obs- I I mean, Larry Sanders is brilliant, but oh, yeah. I was such a huge It's Gary Shandling show fan. Oh like, yeah, I watched it with my dad every Sunday. Oh, it was and great. that was. A, I mean, to me, because. Woody Allen already had such like a a giant amount. I mean, obviously, it's kind of a loaded, con- you know, uh, topic. Woody Allen nowadays, but um, but <laughs> I back when Cosby, I was a kid, so, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> back uh, back when when I was a kid, he there were already so many huge Woody Allen movies that it was like, yeah, but he's like really successful. So yeah, I didn't yeah. think of him in the self loathing category that someone like Gary Shandling, who I didn't know, I didn't know anything about stand up when I was younger. Yeah, for a long time, I just didn't care about stand up, and. Uh, and so, but his show, like in my mind, his monologues at the beginning weren't stand up. Like all I had in my mind as stand up was like, get a load of my wife. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I that's really right. Yeah. yeah, I just I didn't know what I what that even was. And I remember my dad talking about seeing Woody Allen doing stand up. I was like, I can't even imagine that. I don't even oh, know what I you're know. talking about. How is he going to be like, hey, uh, over yeah, here? Exactly. Like everyone was rocking yeah. danger to me. That's who I right. now know is brilliant. <laughs> but yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, like his the whole sort of. I knew without really knowing that much about TV, like I just instinctively knew that what he was doing was really different. Mm-hmm. And the kind of fourth wall thing was like, so like yeah. what is going on? And his, how self-effacing he was about his own vanity and that he shouldn't have been allowed to be so vain because he was such a loser. Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing to me was just gold. Oh, it was so great. Yeah. And, and remember that was like toward the end of Johnny Carson's, run um there were three guys it was like leno letterman and gary shanling and everybody was wondering which one was going to become like the next host of the tonight show and 
Like they obviously the other two guys went Leno on to and be Letterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other two guys went on to be like talk show people. Gary Shanley just went off on this. And thank goodness. But he, look what he, he did. Yeah, he, he did the same never... thing with, that you did with music. Where exactly. he was like, I'd rather do I want to be that guy. Exactly. And That's exactly than it. Being that real guy. See, I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's that uh, back of the room kind of uh, wink. Absolutely. You know, it's sort of like let's make fun of the thing. Well, in Bob Odenkirk, when I started, I used to see him all the time. This place called the Upfront Comedy Club, and it was so great because he would be. Because I I finally was going out to comedy every night, so I was in order to make fun of something, you have to be familiar with the thing that's being made fun of. Yeah. And he would go up, and I would bring friends, and they wouldn't quite get it because he would do something where he's like doing stand up, and everybody's in their stand up mode and going, "Oh, this is great!" And they would like you know bring people in off the Third Street Promenade to come into the show, oh, and God, yeah. and then all of a sudden it would take this turn that was just like. And I'm laughing my ass off because I'm going, oh, this is making fun of all the people that are doing it for real. Right, right, right. This is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, but I think that at that time, a lot of people just wanted the regular stand up. They're exactly. like, well, I was totally on board when he was talking about the difference between girls and guys when they go to <laughs> dance clubs. But why is he uh, naked? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever it was. But totally. it, it was just. Yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, I think that with satire, you have to, well, I don't know. It always seems weird when you try to make rules, but it helps to be familiar with the thing that's being made fun of, or at least in that case. Yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. God, I can't believe how fast this has gone. Um, All right. I have to get into this mash game with you. Okay. Now, I don't know if you ever played this as a young girl. Uh, Uh, I did. But this is (laughs) Mansion, Apartment, Shack, House. Okay. This is sort of old uh, cliche game that um, involves me giving you categories for which you will give me three examples. And by, I'm making this so much uh, more complicated than it is, by sort of an eeny process okay you will end up with this alternate universe mash future oh interesting with some of your favorite things oh i thought you said match I mean. game yeah. no yeah mash but that was another game. listen i could just change <laughs> change my entire uh, podcast uh, oh, scenario yeah. and start doing match game but um i was thinking so, fred travelina <laughs> oh my i gotta get ready to say some of these match words uh i want okay, the audience so to win mansion uh, so now remember I'm So li- Mansion I'm a Apartment Shack House that has nothing all that is is a predetermined it's the name of the game and it's a sort of predetermined uh, home style mm-hmm. that you will live in in one of three locations and you'll provide me with these three locations Okay This is your vacation home Okay now, it, listen. In a re- in the regular world, maybe I'm maybe I would ask you like, okay, three real places. Mm-hmm. In this world, I want you to feel free to say Narnia, oh, uh, I see. Tatooine. You know, okay. it can be that, or it can just be like New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I need three from you that you would like to have a vacation home, okay. real or imaginary. A vacation home. Let's pretend that getting there, by the way, is not a huge headache. Yeah. Um, so. I, I think it's going to be real places, yeah. Great. Uh, I would love to have one in, I would say, <laughs> this is going to be, I would say somewhere in um, the northern part of uh, England. Okay. Because I did a tour there a few years ago and uh, just... Not only was it beautiful, and we have a lot of beautiful places here in the States, too, but um, 
it was like something that I had never grown up with before that yeah. I had seen like the English countryside or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So right. there's that. And then, uh, Gosh, I'm so bad at coming up with things well, like that. Get this, ready because but, you have um, several more categories to improv. Oh boy! Your way All right, through. well, let's just jump through. Then I would say uh, Lacrosse, Wisconsin, for example. Oh, okay, I great. love it up there. It's by the Mississippi River, and it's when it's frozen over, it's beautiful, and um, that's great. And then let's go with uh, oh Alaska. Great. Anchorage is the only one that I'm familiar with. I can't believe I haven't with, been to Alaska. I'm so ashamed. I like Alaska. Yeah. I know I'm going to love it. Um, okay, great. Uh, and then next category will be, <clears throat> in this MASH universe, you get to uh, play with um, three of your favorite singer-songwriters or bands, Living or Dead, from any era. could be like, I would only play, I would play with Def Leppard when they released that first album. Or oh, whatever. I see. Yeah. Um, three. Uh, musicians that I get to play with? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, at, when I was a really little kid, I always loved these guys so much. Uh, Sticks. Great. The guys from Sticks. Great. Um, I always felt like we would sort of gel. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say, even though they're not technically a real band, I would have to say Spinal Tap. Sure. Or, or, sure. or, or they had a group, I think it was the Folksmen or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, any incarnation of. Yeah. Those guys yeah. would be fantastic. So fun. Um, and I, I'm gonna. I see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go big with like you know. A lot of people would say Prince and uh, Led Zeppelin because that when you fantasize about that, it it almost is like too big, and you don't really get to enjoy the potential like reality. Like it's not impossible that I might eventually jam. Yeah. I mean, you know, That's, with listen, some of these, these other guys. guys. Know- yeah. The way I explain <laughs> that is it's why I always chose Peter as my yeah. lucky that I would marry. There you go. Yeah. I felt that was accessible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Davy Jones was Yeah, yeah. Like, While everyone's over there buzzing around <laughs> Davy, Peter and I will have a long, yeah. meaningful relationship. A lot of uh marriages have been formed that way. Yeah. <laughs> <There you laughs> <go. laughs> um anyway, uh so the third one I'm gonna go with um well, maybe this this defies what I was just saying about okay. Zeppelin and stuff, but I'd probably say Paul Paul McCartney. Oh, that great. would be pretty amazing. Great. Listen, he's around. He's supposed to be. Super I did nice. meet him in you ninety nine. I mean? Yeah, I met him. Uh, it's not like you're saying the Beatles at the height. Yeah, it's not like too this. weird to go from you know if I happen to have a guitar at some 100%. point when he's in the room and he's got a kazoo or something, Absolutely. we could actually you jam. You know how he loves kazoo yeah. jamming. Loves it. Okay. Yeah, well, he was doing a sing along at this bar in Newcastle when I was there. See? We were there for a show, and it was he was singing Neil Diamond's song "Sung Blue" with everybody. I did have my guitar packed, but if I had pulled it out and played a couple of chords, I could say I basically played guitar while Paul McCartney sang. Anyway, uh, I think that's, <laughs> that's a, a stretch. A marvelous. <laughs> some some people would just put it on their resume, and be like, "Yeah, played with Paul McCartney yeah. as his guitar player." They would have no. Your problem honesty with that. is appreciated. <laughs> um, okay, next category. Let's do. Uh, Let's do through. Well, listen, I got to get this in there. This is a this is a quintessential um, component of Mash, which is uh, sort of alternate universe relationship type thing. Okay. It, in the old days, it would be like I would marry Michael J. Fox. Okay. I would marry Kirk Cameron. Um, 
I want to encourage you not to use those. Uh, oh yeah, no, that'd be weird. Universe, so, and this could be again. This could be like uh, you know, certain era Sophia Loren. Uh, it could be Audrey Hepburn's character in Blank. It could oh, be I see. In Natalie Portman, um, three ladies in this alternate universe that you um, that you sort of have some some good times with, or like your sort of alternate universe marriage that you know. Um. Well. Yeah, the first crush I ever had. It, is a lesbian now, but um, Christy McNichol. Oh, please. <laughs> Let me put her right down on the list. I just thought she was fantastic. Uh, me um, too. <laughs> I guess I didn't realize she was gay. Uh, gosh, I hope so now because I just said that. But yeah. uh, no, I'm pretty sure. Believe me, I was following up. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you she's very public about it or whatever, yeah. but uh, I don't think she's in the closet or anything. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Please correct me if I'm wrong about that because that would be an awful thing. Christy to, McNichol. Um, Again, not, I mean, not I would that put Tatum O'Neill right it, on that same be... list, but not the part about being gay. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, so um, let's see, g- going on, um, I, I really liked um, Goldie Hawn's character oh, in the movie uh, House Sitter. I love, love that, that movie. movie. I love her character. Yeah. It's, a it's such movie. a cheat too, because she's supposed to be crazy and all that stuff. But it's like she's not really crazy. No, she's, she's not. Kind of the it, perfect person. It's it's uh it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, if if there were people out there who've not seen this movie, because sometimes everyone's going to bring it up and they're like, "Is that the one with Queen Latifah?" Yeah. I'm like yeah. that's house guests. Um, no, I've dated crazy truly, people and they are not. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the it fun is a kind. Very charming movie. It's, yeah. It's because because she represents. I mean, it's the ultimate. Like he's so tightly wound. You have to have someone that crazy to yeah. kind of unwind him. Um, and she's it's a great character she's so adorable love yeah. it these are great choices number three good okay, luck okay number three I want to get somebody with a little bit more edge here uh, oh easy uh, Pat Benatar great oh man I envied uh, their guitar player so much they got married and he was such a badass you know he's a great guitar player and he was just doing the whole you know rock and roll, rock and roll you know royalty. yeah, yeah. I mean, and she just seemed like such a great not, not only extremely talent but also kind of um i don't know what the word she she wasn't as um brassy as like madonna and sort of like showy and stuff she was just Agreed. like pure talent and that was pretty sexy I Agreed. Think. uh great 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 you knew just what to do with this category i'm thrilled. okay um, I think about it every day. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm in a very happy <laughs> relationship a right now. So crinkled piece of paper. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one is a, a category I insist upon because it is very meaningful for me. Three foods that in this reality are not great for you. Maybe not mm. something you should have all the time, but in our alternate universe, you can have them. There's a benefit to them. You can have them with the snap of a finger, and so it can also be as specific as like scratching the itch of like, oh, the chocolate chip cookies my grandma used to make, or oh, yeah. oh this like deep dish pizza that I you know can't get anymore at blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, three. Well, I have one, and I think it's extinct. But at UCLA, one of the things that used to make me wake up in the morning is uh, one of the cafes had this thing. I think it was called a, a breakfast stuffing or something like that. And just picture the most decadent, like flaky pastry thing, just total goodness, like a, almost like a cronut, but not uh-huh. that sweet, yeah, more savory, stuffed with eggs and uh, oh, cheese and yeah. sausage, and it was so That's good. I can't great. believe that I wasn't 
two hundred pounds back then because uh, I used to eat those every morning, and if I could eat two, I would. Yeah, those were great. I love breakfast foods. Me too. Um, I uh, if I were gonna go with sweets, I would probably. I mean, yeah, the, it's been so long that I've picked a dessert where I wasn't thinking about how unhealthy it was so i'm trying to go I'm back talking about yeah take it all go the way back, back in my brain i'll give you an example yeah peanut buster parfait from oh. dairy queen i could probably yeah. knock down two of those at a time no if that's it great make me sick now which it probably yeah very much would but oh yeah I, I would go with the hot fudge brownie that they used to have at bob's big boy that was oh, amazing great. i love bob's the, it big was boy. brownie and vanilla and hot fudge and everything ice cream yeah it was well great. played sir well played yeah and uh and this is probably the answer you get every time, but it's so true that I can't ignore it. But yeah, I would say like really solid like New York pizza, New York style pizza. Pizza is uh, it used to be for, for me. Yeah, it used to be Ray's on Sixth uh, Avenue and Eleventh Street. That's not there anymore, which sucks. But there's a place uh, in Times Square called I think it's called Carve, hmm. and um, or is it Crave? The Carve or Crave? But um. I think it's called Carve, and it's like on 50th Street and like 8th Avenue or something. And they're getting that's close. That's pretty damn good. Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I would do that all the time. Okay, this is great. I put Ray's just because that's a defunct place, and I want to call. Well, yeah, I mean, but- there's a joke about Ray's. Like, there's like 200 of them in New York. I, it, it, Ray's originally, because I've actually studied this, but <laughs> back. Uh, you guys have read my book about originally Ray's, right? the the word Ray. Mean in Italian means king apparently, and so there was a place called the Pizza Ray, which is uh, the Pizza King or whatever. And um, all the people that were working on like the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever would line up at this place, and eventually it just got it sort of simplified to yeah, it's Ray's Pizza, yeah, whatever, yeah, Ray's. And so there was never a guy named Ray, and supposedly the one on Eleventh and and Sixth Avenue was the original. I believe it. It's so. It was so good. It was unbelievable. But I, I would tell my friends. See, I have a lot of friends that I was born in New York. These guys, as comics, moved there, and like six months in, they're all of a sudden big New York snob, like <laughs> experts. Yeah, and so yeah, I'd yeah. tell them, yeah, that I like the Rays fast. on Eleventh Street, and they'd be like, Rays is a scam. Don't you know that every place uh, is called Rays? Because they all started calling yeah, it Rays. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's a scam. The scam is I give them $3 Uh and they give me the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Maybe I wish every scam worked that way. But um, anyway, so those are my three for sure. That's great. Great, great, great. Okay, uh, I'm going to do... Let me let you know what I'm going to do uh, like a time travel to something in history that you're sort of, you know, you're in a safety bubble. It's not so much about like, listen, you could die of cholera. It's okay. more just about like maybe some events that would have been cool to kind of see for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I know I've thought about this a lot and I know I'm going to have a hard time coming up with it right now. I look forward to your text in an hour. That's like, God damn it. I should have yeah. said that. Jeez. Um, well, mm, I know this isn't going back too far, but I would definitely, if if we're in that safety bubble, like yeah. you said, um, I would like to go back to like the uh, the Roaring Twenties. Oh yeah, that would be pretty Absolutely. cool. I you think I, I you think I would be five years ago. There's no rules. Oh yeah, no, I think I would be a guy uh, who would really. Um, 
do a lot of fun hanging out there. That would be pretty cool. Um, I, I'd like to go to ancient Greece, like in the right. uh, in Plato's time. That would be pretty amazing. Agreed. Uh, you know, to see. Um, intelligence starting <laughs> you know that's pretty great yeah philosophy and yeah absolutely as opposed to ending absolutely. which is where we are now uh-huh. no i'm just kidding. <laughs> um okay and then one more i would probably hmm can't go to the future absolutely you can. oh okay I have said that 100 percent can go to the future you know i think it would be interesting to be uh hmm I would like to go to, I'm trying to think of this very carefully. I'd like to go to uh, New York City mm-hmm. in the year um, 2200. Great. I'm Let's excited see what this. that's all about. Very excited about this. <laughs> um Okay, great. Okay, next category is uh, you. Let's go. You know what? Let's go with um, fictitious buddy uh, person, um, and it could be uh, as absurd as like Yogi Bear, um, or you know, it could be like Robert Plant. It's, oh, this okay. Is, this is somebody that you get to hang out with whenever you want. Who's like real excited when you call? Yeah. Hmm. From any from any time. Yeah. Just to keep it more complicated for you. Yeah, that's very interesting. From any time, any person, just to be like buds that we hang out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think way back in the day, I would have said Elvis, like by in the day, I mean like in 1978, because, yeah, I uh, definitely thought he was so cool. But now I'm just going like, I think he would just be too weird. I can't even really fantasize about right. that. It would just be too... Right. He's just too... Um, out there, you know, because of his fame and everything. So I'm trying to think of somebody a little bit more accessible. So I can't reuse people. Yeah, um, you know, well, why not? It will just uh, increase your chances of getting them. Yeah, I think... Uh, you want to put Paul McCartney on there? Yeah, but can I get Paul a little younger? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think Paul, probably my age. That would okay. be pretty awesome. No offense to him right now. Paul, if you're listening, I still He's, think you're awesome. But he does listen to every There's a better connection when you're not... My dad's age. Uh, fair um, enough. Fair enough. No, I don't know. <clears throat> um, ooh, let me pick it. Uh, hmm. I would also definitely have to say, it's weird, you know, because as a comedian, I do have to say I've had this dream come true a couple of times, which is pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. And, um, but... So let's not necessarily go into comedians, but um, let's say, let's see, I don't know what these people are probably like, but I'm I'm trying to think filmmakers now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say, and also Um, I'm going to say like, because you're like me and and I think you immediately wonder like, well, what if this person's really a cocksucker? Listen, that in this world, all due respect to cocksucker. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's the sort of, it's your imagination. So it's like, whatever it is you admire about this person, that's what you're getting from the friendship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Then why don't we go with someone like, um, Uh, okay, in that case, let's go with uh, Kubrick. Great. That would be pretty pretty fun. Great. To great, just great. sort of talk 
talk about films and stuff like Absolutely. that or when something weird happens just and just his general like just like hey man yeah just to know how <laughs> just to start to feel like you have some understanding of how he sees the world in general like, yeah it would be like yeah. a real no there'd be bonus. a lot of, there'd be a lot of really fun uh deep conversations that would also turn kind of light and then yeah. we'd just sort of like laugh about it or whatever yeah. i don't know i have no idea what he was probably like as a guy but i love his movies um and then another uh buddy Gosh, I, I know that, uh, that there's probably so many examples of this, but um, that, but it's kind of hard to think of on the spot. But, I know. Um, it's a cruel game. Uh, yeah. Um, let's say, uh, I don't know, Stephen King. Let's just oh, say that. Oh, great. I just thought Listen, of Listen, I hear he's great. I think it'd be fun to be pals with him. Absolutely. I follow, I follow him on Twitter. And that's one of the things that's cool about Twitter Yeah, is that you... Um, Somebody said it early on. They were like, Facebook is for people that you're friends with. Twitter is for people that you wish you were friends that's with. That's great, yeah. You get to see that. And that's why I always get disappointed when they're not, when it's just like, my show's tonight at 10 p.m. or whatever. I always want them to have a little bit of, you don't have to get political or anything, but yeah. just like, you know, like if a rock star that you like says, hey, had lunch with Getty Lee today or something, sure. like I'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Sure, like, sure. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, great. Okay. T- uh, uh, do you, you know, I'm going to do this. I've been into this one lately and I, and it, I think it m- probably says more about me than about the guest, but you have, uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere at your house, this sort of <clears throat> surprise extra room, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of like, doesn't take up any more space. It's almost very, it's sort of a Harry Potter-esque where you sort of, it appears when you need it. But what, uh, what kind of room is that? Three things. It could be your music room, but it could also be like my weird great library or like my weird greenhouse. Yeah. Or just like a room that looks like the Shining Hotel. Yeah, yeah. No. um, I you know this this might say a lot about me or whatever, but I think it would be my teenager room. Like it would be. Oh me. yeah, that's great. As a teenager, I'd have a big tapestry of the great. band Triumph, which I have uh-huh. still. <laughs> so I already know how to decorate it. Yeah, I'd probably have all the posters of the things that I liked back then because yeah, I think you need that. And as a matter of fact, you know, like I think that's a great answer. I listen to music I all the time. Yeah, when I'm when I'm cleaning and stuff, I'll put on uh, albums, and it's always you know the albums that I listened to when I was in high school because yeah. those always like give me hope like it sure. takes me back to a time when there's just the future's wide open you know absolutely um, okay so two more of those mm-hmm. well I would have to say a music studio it, where I am now I don't my my whole place is basically my music studio yeah. and I think it'd be great to have a designated place for that yeah and then, then I could get more excited about you know adding on to it and stuff like that uh, so I'd go with that and then maybe um Maybe like a, we'll call it like a comfort room, like a place where it's just a lot of pillows and a nice, you know, French windows that you can open and then the sun comes in and it's just sort of like, like, like when you go to, um, 
a particularly nice bed and breakfast mm-hmm. in a rural that's area. Exactly like that would be pretty cool. That's exactly yeah, what I was picturing. I would go for that. Um, and there's no, there's actually no TV in there or even cell phone chargers or anything. It's just yep. a place where you go to take it's a fantastic. nap or to relax. That's yeah. fantastic. Okay. Uh, final category is going to be, um, you wake up tomorrow and sort of matrix style three skills that would be great to just suddenly know how to do great. Mm. Okay. Singing. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I, and it, it goes back to those awful allergy problems that I've always had. And I took singing lessons and everything like that. But I always wanted to sing like a Paul McCartney or that kind of thing. And I yeah. just can't do it. And I wish I could do it. Um, and it gets worse and worse every day. But um, oh boy. it's very sad. Uh, maybe I'll be a, a manager of a good singer. I don't know. <laughs> Live my life out that way. <laughs> But anyway, no, it, it, whatever. So um, I, I'm fine being being funny. I don't have to be a great singer <laughs> also. But um, I, I can play guitar like a badass. Let's see. what What's something I can't do? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm totally joking. Um, let's say um, skills that would be great to have. Oh, piano, for sure. They're all going to be music. Um, I think that's great. Yeah, no, I... Since I was 35, I decided I was going to really, really get into the piano. And I just couldn't. I couldn't find the time. And I realized that when you're, you know, growing up, like in high school and stuff, you're supposed to spend four hours a day on this thing. And that's what I did with the guitar. I don't have four hours a day to play the piano. Yeah. So that would be one for sure. And um, carpentry. Great. Yeah. I'm always, uh, I always admired these people uh, on film sets. I've been doing a little bit of directing in, in the last uh, couple of years. Right and uh, I have just a, a good um, art department and art decorator and will be so impressive for me to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, they can I just like, exactly you know. the same way. Yeah, like exactly you and I could be sitting in a complete nothingness and somebody could put this all together yep. in one day. And it's just like... It has a personality and all that stuff. That's Couldn't always amazing more. to me. Yeah. I, I feel exactly things. the same way. I thought that's yeah. what I wanted to do for a while because I was like, that, yeah. I just call it world building now. Mm-hmm. But just that idea that you can take, you know, bare bones yeah. of something and, and make it look lived in or make it look like this whole other world. Totally. Just, I yeah. My friend uh, Tim Harmston, who uh, is a fantastic comedian, he's been on TV several times. It's funny. The thing that I always bring up about him that I'm so impressed by is he does that for a living for like commercials that's and great. stuff. And he worked on our uh, Punching the Clown movie, all the radio station scenes. He just did such a great job. And I didn't realize how much actual carpentry there was in that. It's not yeah. like you just buy something and put it there. You yeah. actually build stuff. Oh, that's and great. it's I, fantastic. I love that choice. I would love to be able to do that. Um, that's wonderful. Okay. <clears throat> the final piece of me figuring this out is uh, that I just need you to, I'm going to do like a little doodle and I mm-hmm. just need you to tell me when to stop and it doesn't have to be for very long. Okay. Hmm. So now I'm, I'm worried about dead air, so I'm just going to sort of pretend like I'm thinking out loud. Yeah, it's for the best if you it's do like it faster. It's like they used to do on the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Well, let's oh, see. No. It's like everybody's just listening to this person. Yeah, this thinking. is this is unprecedentedly long. Mm, well, A can't be right because I don't like A. Uh, B is... Uh, okay, now. Woo! 
All right. Was it good? I got my work cut out for me. Right. Um, I am going to do some uh, eeny meenieing based off this number that I've come up with. And I'm going to pause this. I want to reassure the listener it will seem as if no time has passed. If okay. you haven't figured that out in 200 plus episodes, you're in a lot of trouble. All right. Um, and uh, I'll be right back with your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Perfect. Deal. Okay. Uh, I'm very pleased indeed with the outcome of this MASH game. So I have a lot of congratulations in order for you. Uh, number one, I want to... I'm just going to throw this out there because it's... it's some, These other things kind of, in my weird broken brain, go together. And this one kind of stands out by itself. Uh, but you will have the ability to time travel to ancient Greece. Which I think if you were going to get one of those, oh, that's really? really like the maximum wow. use of that. I'll do it. That sounds fun. So that's something else. That's fantastic. You also have... I think uh, I give Plato a run for his money. You know what I mean? With <laughs> two 2,300 years of more experience. Yeah, exactly. I could tell him, you know, that's by the way, about. you're, it's you're wrong shaming. about this. <laughs> it's about shaming the great minds of our, of our yeah. uh, species. Um, you also have, uh, now, as you may recall, mansion, apartment, shack, house, that's just a random thing. You ended up with an apartment in Northern England. Okay. I'd love it. Um, you, this, uh, that's a very convenient for your frequent gigs. Mm-hmm. Oh, with Mr. Paul McCartney. Ah, uh, I'm glad it worked out that you got Paul McCartney as a musician, uh, I'll co-musician, have a pint with because him in Newcastle. you ended up with uh, Stephen King as your buddy. That makes okay. me also very happy. Now, does he go to my English countryside? Yeah, you all want right. to invite him by cool. all means. You yeah. know what room both of those guys would probably get a huge kick out of is your uh, the room Wait, of hold your on. teenage bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it's in there. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I thought they would get a kick out of the fact that I was a time traveling guy, but um, yeah, I mean more so that you have a tapestry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think both Paul and Stephen would find common ground in their in being impressed. They would love, <laughs> I'm sure, to tag along and go to ancient Greece, to say the least. Yeah. Um, all of this activity, you're going to work up a real appetite. I want you to rest assured that um, for positive nourishment, whenever you decide you want it, that delicious hot fudge brownie oh, dessert yeah. from Bob's Big Boy. That well done, fantastic. Um, and you uh, also have the fantastic accomplished skill with zero practice from this day forward of playing the piano. Oh, nice. I look forward to you serenading your marvelous, sexy, and hilarious companion, Goldie Hawn's character from House Sitter. Ah. Uh. So pleased. <laughs> I'm so pleased. That is great. Um, that was a great mash outcome, uh, Henry. Thank you so I'm much for very being happy. Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You have a new album out. Yes. Please tell everyone about well, it. Well, uh, I and have also an album tell us and a special. Henry's kitchen and the special. Oh yeah. Okay. So I did a live special, which is um, coming out Monday, and you can see it on Vimeo. Okay. And the audio is also available, I believe, on the 19th. Okay. Uh, through all digital platforms. Wonderful. So the audio, and it's just a, a special with special guests and. Um, it's about maybe 10 or 15 minutes of stand-up in the beginning and a little bit, a little sketch bit with my friend Brendan Walsh and oh, great. Uh, guests. And uh, it's, I, I'm just really happy. I feel like it really encapsulates, you know, what I do oh, all, that's so all the way great. around. And it was a really fun night. We did two shows at the uh, the Lyric Theater in Hollywood. And so uh, it's in front of friends and fans. And anyway, I'm very excited about it. I, ho- I hope people figure out how to how to watch it on Vimeo. What is I it mean, called? Or should they just Google It's called Vimeo? Neither Here Nor There. And Neither it's Henry Phillips uh, Live at the Lyric. Yeah. And um, but that'll all be on, on my website and henryphillips.com. And I'm continuing to uh, pursue my my filmmaking career. I wrote and starred in a movie 
uh, Punching the Clown, and now we have the sequel for that coming out called And Punching the Clown, which oh, will be a great. lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So that'll be a lot of fun. That's great. Guys, that's a lot of homework for you to do, but in a positive, exciting, humorous way, um, because Henry's awesome. Uh, and then the last piece of this uh, podcast puzzle is that I do need to ask you to sing uh, spontaneously, if you can think of any part of Don Henley's Boys of Summer. doesn't have to be very long, but just give us a little play us out. Sing uh, Boys of Summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any part. Well, there's the guitar riff. I was on the street. Saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Said, don't look back. You can never look back. Now I know what I'm made of. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I can't see you. Your brown skin shaking in the sun. <laughs> Why is that person's <laughs> skin shaking? Slight, slight. You got your hair pulled back and your sunglasses on, baby. And I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone, babe. I always thought it was after the poison summer has gone, which I think is way better. I thought it was about environmentalism or something, you know? This has changed the podcast forevermore. Guys, I I want you to enjoy the rest of your poison summer. Can I just say also that... That song was not only a very uh, popular song, but it was also very ripped off by several people. Oh, was it? We all remember Richard Marks had a follow-up song. Oh, you know, it's yeah. like Should have known better yeah, than you're to fall right. in love with you. You're it's right. the same chords. And then in a whole different genre was Skid Row in their metal. It was that, uh, and I remember you. Oh, yeah. You're so right. Yeah. It's oh like, my God. wow. God I those four OG. chords got a lot of people. They really a lot got a lot of, of play. Now it happens all the time, and it drives me crazy. There's so many. How many songs came out like... Ten years ago, that all went like. There was like the free credit report thing, and then there was like the the Juno song, and there was like yep Oklahoma. You know, it's like yeah, the Surrey with the fringe on top. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many of them. Yeah. So anyway, Oklahoma really now it's just totally yeah, it's totally acceptable now. But, um, um, guys, I need you to check out uh, all this great stuff that Henry's got going on. And uh, you know that I will be here next week on the podcast unless something horrible happens. So I look forward to talking to you then. Thank you. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.